and we are live we are recording so good morning good afternoon good evening ladies wherever in the world you're tuning in from or listening from or watching we are streaming across many many platforms at the moment which is very very exciting love to maximize on our audience reach um i'm joined by the fabulous lauren now lauren's not only going to be our very first guest but she's also going to be our sponsor for the year which is very exciting um lauren has six lauren am i correct you are yeah businesses my goodness so we're going to dig a little bit into that today and talk about how you manage those six businesses and life and all the other things that come along with um juggling six businesses I'm fascinated I really am because when I had like four I was running around like a headless chicken I didn't know myself from myself so definitely want to dig into that a little bit more so Lauren's here today uh, primarily with the business box but we're definitely going to be talking about those other businesses so before we get started I want you to talk to me about how you first got into business yeah of course so um I went to drama school and I graduated when I was 21 Mm -hmm. And I came out of drama school going, I really don't want to be an actor. Like, I just, it's not, it's not for me. Like, I really, it's not something I want to, to pursue. Mm -hmm. um, but I also really knew that I really didn't want to get a real job. Like, I really wanted to just be able to get in, do something of my own and just sort of crack on and just get on with it without having, like, all the bureaucracy and going and doing a nine to five. So, basically, I set up my first business a couple of weeks after I left drama school it was a um and we used to go into schools and we ran like their drama classes for them mm -hmm. and I sold that business in 2016 um because I had other businesses by then that I was kind of cracking on with mm -hmm. so okay so you went to drama school we have that definitely in common I studied performance and musical theatre too absolutely loved it but I get the whole not wanting to be an actor it's a highly competitive environment you know it's it is very dog eat dog although I have to say social media space is very much like the performing arts industry <laughs> like I've experienced that over the last few years I'm like well there's a lot of likeness I see um talk to me about that next part in your process so you sold your business what was next what came next um so sort of between selling starting a business and then selling it I'd set up like some other businesses off the back of those so they were really really flying and mm -hmm. um I kind of just had to get rid of the first one because it, it wasn't really doing what I wanted it to be, be doing like it wasn't as scalable as I'd hoped because it was really hard to get the staff and things like that and it was really really a time like time for um, for money business like you had to mm -hmm. really trade time for money and I just, I wasn't feeling that at that time. And I, I mean, I'm still not feeling that. Um, so I wanted to do something that was a bit more passive and a bit more kind of less labor intensive, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So what are those passive, what do those passive income streams look like currently for you? Because everybody talks about passive income. It's sexy. Everybody wants it. Everybody's striving for it, but nobody really knows what it is. There's kind of this like, I want it, but I don't know how to get it. And I don't really know what it what it includes. Talk to me about that. Yeah, of course. So I think the thing is the passive income, it's it really does seem like the unicorn of the business world. Like it's like this like mythical thing, but it's not as as complicated as people really, really think. Like it's it's relatively straightforward. And I think that goes for everything in business. Like everything in business is easy if you make it easy and you just sort of dig in and do it. 
there's mm-hmm. nothing to be said that you have to be um overcomplicating things so for me I um one of my other businesses sells theater tickets so we went into we what we do is we buy um group theater tickets and we sell them on to people so that they can get their tickets for like West End shows for like up to about half the price of the box office price for really good seats and off the back of that I'd already built a really really good audience so I added in a membership so people would pay pay, um originally it was 10 pound a month it's now gone up to 12 pound a month to have access to that membership and we've got just shy of about a thousand people a month signed up to the membership and then mm-hmm. everybody else there's about thirty-two thousand people within our audience they can still buy tickets but they don't get the benefits of the membership so it's all a very much a passive income recurring revenue stream mm-hmm. we've got the systems in place to make it a lot more um of a recurring revenue and at the same time we're constantly turning over money from the membership so it's kind of like always giving us money to put back into the um the business and pay you know for whatever everybody we need to pay. <laughs> yeah everybody <laughs> needs to be paid exactly so, so the membership Let, let's just dig into that a little bit more so you have a membership what's mm-hmm. that because it's you know obviously I have my own membership and you know memberships are a very done thing at the, especially at the moment because they are attractive however people don't talk about churn and you know trying to facilitate all of that stuff what does your membership include? Yeah, of course. So our membership's a bit different because it's obviously B2C and not B2B. I feel like mm-hmm. most memberships that obviously within our world, within kind of like the online world, are more of like a B2B. So they're from mm-hmm. sort of business coach to business coach or whatever yeah. that might be. Whereas with the um, Theatre Express membership, it's a B2C model. So they're primarily the people that sign up for it are theatre lovers and they get access to our tickets at cost price. So we don't charge them any booking fees at all. So they pay what we pay for their tickets. Mm-hmm. So they have that instant um, saving on top of that. So that helps yeah. to pay for their membership each month. They're making that money back. Um, they also get like early access to tickets. They get some free tickets. So any tickets that we have left over, um, obviously we have to buy in bulk. Sometimes we'll have the tickets left over. Um, we ha- give out to our VIP members any um thing like um really big shows so like when sister app with Whoopi goldberg was coming out we only sell those tickets to vip members so they're exclusive Mm. to them so they get quite a lot of benefits and it's a really small monthly fee when you think about it it's less than like the cost of a bargain. i just booked wicked in the west end i was so annoyed when you were like no you should have said i was like yeah it's so frustrating to me when people go and buy tickets at full price I'm like oh hello (laughs) I had no idea like I don't even know why I didn't know about that side of your business but I just didn't and they obviously cost me I bought decent tickets like decent seats and it cost me a good chunk of money right so I was like oh I could have saved myself so much money for the sake of 12 quid like that is ridiculous yeah, people need nice. to get in there. If I lived in the UK, I would definitely be all over that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, so you've had varying different businesses, and I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way. What have been your key lessons? Do you think? Um, I think the biggest, biggest, biggest lesson is just progress over perfection. Like, mm-hmm. I I know so many people that want to start a business or do start a business, but they spend 
years putting everything into place. You know, they're writing all the policies. They're getting the website right. They're getting this right. They're getting that right. They want everything to be perfect. And perfect's like unachievable. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're far, far better to put something out there and run with it as opposed to putting something out there three years later when actually you've missed the boat and you've missed the curve and you've missed the excitement and the build-up. Um, and I think that's particularly true for like subscription boxes. I have a lot of people that come to me wanting to start subscription boxes and they're really like, I oh, but I would need to get this right and 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 this right. And I'm like, you do need to get that right. But first of all, you need to build your audience. You need to get it out there. You need to like get it moving. You're not going to get where until, until you're not going to make any money until you put something out there. So you might as well put it out there. And then improve as you go, right? Because exactly. of what, yeah. I mean, it's ever it's it's always evolving. You know, people say to me, Oh, you know, oh, but I just want this and I just want this. It's like just launch it and then improve yeah. it as you go. Like I've run the same course four or five times, and every single time I've run it, I've changed things and implemented things a little bit differently and taken away from audience feedback. And I think we're so worried about that. And it's like you do realize that there is always going to be something to improve. There's never, you're not going to wake yeah. up one day and be like, oh, life is amazing. And, you know, I, I'm yeah. good. Yeah, if, exactly. If scenario, you, you are forever evolving and moving, you know, in a, in, in a direction of growth. And, and wanting to, obviously, to keep up with, with trends and keep up with the curve and everything. You can't, you can't just stay static and stay still. Like something that worked three years ago is not going to work now in like a post-COVID world i mean hello covid really has definitely changed the space 100 percent changed i don't think i've ever pivoted quite as many times as i have over the last two years it's no. been and that must have been really interesting for you when it came to your theater business because obviously theaters weren't open how yeah. did you manage that frankly it was horrendous because mm. we had um we had ten thousand tickets that needed to be moved and the theatre company, the booking agent, sorry, um, originally was saying we're not refunding anyone. So we had mm-hmm. to get all of our people to move mm-hmm. their tickets because obviously we've paid for those tickets. So, uh, you know, there were there was a couple of hundred grand sat in with the booking agents for a hell of a lot of money. Um, we had to convince all of our members that their tickets had to be moved. And obviously everyone's panicking, you know, it's not going to be safe, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, like we've only just now, and theatres have been open for about seven months now, we've only just now got to the end of our COVID cancellations. In fact, there's a show on Thursday and I think it's probably one of our last COVID exchanges. And that's two years, almost two years to the day since it should have been on. And that must have been agonizing and challenging mentally it was really really horrendous because not only did we have absolutely no government support because we're a limited company so you know people would be like oh well you get grants you get this and you get that we didn't actually get anything we didn't get a thing and equally we were having to move or I was single-handedly because I'd had to furlough all my staff because there's no money coming in to pay them Mm um I had to move all these tickets on my own but the thing is as well because covid went on and on and on and on we were moving by a month then we were moving by three months then we we're moving by six months and then we we're moving by a year so some people's tickets we had to move six or seven times and it it was just yeah it was 
it was a really horrible task. And that's one of the reasons why I started the business box, because ultimately I got so sick of constantly saying to people, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I've got to move your tickets again. I'm really sorry. It's mm-hmm. still not going to be on. As you know, it's still not going to be on. I'm sorry. Like it just got so boring. And, it, you know, and it takes a it takes a toll on your mental health because you're, you're constantly having to let people down. But you've got no choice but to do so. Um, I just needed something a bit more positive, to be honest. Yeah, for yourself. I think um, as an entrepreneur, we're challenged mentally quite often. Um, Mm. And the last few years has been exceptionally challenging for everybody that I know in business. And it actually doesn't matter whether they've done very well, you know, financially out of the pandemic. They've still been stretched in other ways because they've, you know, had to lose staff or this and that and the other. It's it's been been difficult. So I can't say that I'm sad to see the back end of this situation. I, I just hope, you know, it doesn't sort of rear its ugly head again. I really hope that, you know, we are over the worst of it and we just Me we too. just now and it's not going to be a, a, you know, something that's going to pop back up again in the winter. Right. So, OK, so the business box, you talked to me about how that concept came about. What what does the business box entail exactly? Yeah, of course. So the business box is a subscription box for female business owners. So each month we send out a box of goodies to help build your business and to um, look after yourself. So we include in like a business book, we include in um, stationery, office supplies, some self-care and some fun bits as well, just to make sure that when when you're running your own business, you kind of end up doing everything, don't you? And you'll know this, you know, you're like the HR manager, you're the accountant, you're the payroll your recruitment (laughs) literally you do it all and no Mm. one ever says to you like you're doing really well or they might say it but it's not like it's not like if you've got your boss and you're saying they're saying like oh you've done a great job you get a bonus Mm. or something like this um there's no like praise there obviously you can see it in your bank account and stuff like that it's not really the same so Mm. it's kind of a really nice way for kind of your business to say thank you to you because it's a tax deductible expense so you can tax deduct it so you it's the tax man's paying for it basically which is thank you very much Mr Taxman (laughs) exactly exactly um but in addition to the stuff so like the physical stuff that you get through the post we also have trainings twice a month so a couple of times a month we have a um live training um by a business coach so for example we've got one later today on PR we've got one um we have them on mindset, social media, um, funnels, like all sorts. Like there's no end to the amount of different things that we have. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also have a community as well. And all of our subscribers get access to all of the past trainings. So there's like a bank of about 25, 30 different trainings on all different things that they can access at any time. So, for example, if you're doing something you're like, right, I need to create a sales funnel, you can go in and watch the funnel training. And mm-hmm. um, it's really, really like good for building your business as well, building those skills up that you need. Absolutely. I, I loved mine. I can't even <laughs> lie. Like I literally loved it. Okay. So this podcast is all about marketing mindset and motherhood. Talk to me about how you juggle those things. Yeah. I think the thing is, um, we as women are very good at multitasking. It's, mm-hmm. We're obviously built for it. Um, and we 
we have to just manage that juggle. And obviously I've got six different businesses. So I have to kind of prioritize my time for the things which are going to be the most effective. So for example, I'm, I have to outsource the, the jobs that sometimes I enjoy the jobs, but they're not mm -hmm. the kind of revenue generating jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to prioritize those revenue generating jobs. I have to prioritize the ones that are going to bring in um, the, the clients, bring in the subscriptions, bring in the connections, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that can sometimes be quite hard because sometimes you're giving away the jobs that you really enjoy doing. Like I enjoy talking to customers. I enjoy talking to people about theater and, business and things like that but there's only so much of that I can do and still bring the business forwards and grow the business so I think it's about just prioritizing what is a a big priority for you and but most importantly what's a big priority for the business and any of those little jobs that are taking up all that time need to be outsourced and need to be sent to to somebody else and it doesn't have to be an expensive thing like for example we have um someone that comes in and she's still at school she's like 16 years old and she comes in and she does um all of the packaging for one of our um subscription boxes which is great and it's a great like Saturday job for her mm -hmm. um it really works for us and she really she really enjoys it and it's it's perfect all round so it doesn't have to be like I don't want people to think oh well I'm new in my business I can't outsource things there are ways there are always ways and means that you can do those kind of things we, when I very first started my old business, we um, couldn't afford an, an assistant or a VA. So we came up with like a JV. So basically, she'd get a percentage of all of our memberships that were sold. So that actually she was earning more than a regular VA's like hourly rate by the end of it. So she definitely came out on top. So talk to me about how you've grown your business. Have you used paid marketing? Is it all organic? What, what's been the process for you? Yeah, so it depends on the business. Like uh, the theatre business, we've never, ever, ever done any paid marketing whatsoever. All of our marketing has always been organic and we've grown a huge following that way based mainly on word of mouth and mm -hmm. um, so by building that audience and being loyal to them and giving them a good experience they're happy to share us um the business box we have done paid marketing it's our first kind of foray for me into paid marketing I've never done it on any of my other businesses um it is really really effective it's really great for subscription box businesses because it gets your box out in front of all the right people what I would say though is it's very hard to get right like we use an agency because I know that it's not where my skill set lies because anything techie I hate <laughs> and yeah and it's just not my bag so I use an agency but even then it's really tricky to get it right you know one thing goes wrong and you can just end up hemorrhaging money to Facebook or mm -hmm. to Instagram or wherever it is TikTok wherever it is you're running ads you just end up spending money on and not getting the results um, which obviously nobody wants nobody sets out to spend money to just throw yeah. it away do they no, so, yeah so for me I found growing growing an audience being loyal to that audience giving them loads and loads of value and giving them a good experience really 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 pays dividends in the end like mm -hmm. having that experience from my previous businesses and from my other businesses that I still run that word of mouth you can't put price on that good mm -hmm. sort of recommendations you just can't put price on and building building your audience is like the most valuable thing um I always use the analogy that like 
to people I coach in starting subscription boxes, I always say like, you've got to build your audience because there's absolutely no point. You could be the, you could be like Whitney Houston and you could put on a, a full scale concert in your garage. But if you don't tell anyone it's on and you leave the door shut, no one's going to see it and no one's going to come. Absolutely. Shouting about it to the right people that love what you do or need what you do, then half of the hard work's done. Absolutely. So how important would you say, you know, keeping your head down and focused and not being distracted and working on yourself is when it comes to, you know, the success in your business? That's a really, really interesting question for me, because personally, I have ADHD. So my focus is everywhere. Like my focus, I have a terrible focus. Um, and in some respects, I think that ADHD really, really helps you in business. And that's how I've managed to build six businesses that are all like multi six figure. And I mm-hmm. think the reason being is that I can split my focus all over the place. But I have to say, keeping your head down and focusing just on you and staying in your own lane is so important. Like, don't worry about what other people are doing. I've got a strong belief that imposter syndrome isn't necessarily a real thing I don't think that imposter syndrome should be holding you back I think it should be spurring you on I think if you can see that somebody else is doing something and you go I'm not as good as that that should be your reason to be better and that should be your reason to go out and and push and make yourselves better than that person um so yeah, staying focused is so important. For me, focus is really, really, really difficult. And it's probably the thing that I struggle the most with in business. But just if you can stay focused on what you're doing and not worry about what other people are doing, mm-hmm. it's a game changer. It's really interesting because I've had so many conversations recently with entrepreneur friends and I would say 90% of them are ADHD. I mean, it's it's overwhelming and I do believe that there are definitely traits of entrepreneurship that really suit ADHD people because it is like you're consistently juggling you're consistently doing all of the things like we talked about you know you're having to hold down different roles you know I have lots of children people ask me how you do it it's like I don't know how not to 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 me like I mean let's be honest you don't have a choice either it's not like you can go up Exactly, there's no choice, and it's like you just I just have to go with whatever it is. But I definitely find that I think there's focus and then there's focus. Like I'm very good at hyper-focusing on what needs to be done in that moment for the sake of business or life or whatever. But I do I I get a bit like, oh, butterflies over here and squirrels over there, and let's get distracted by this thing. And I've learned as I've got older, it's been harder and harder to like even finish a book because I'm, I'm reading a book and then I'm thinking about something else and then I'm watching something else at the same time I'm trying to do the things so I think for me success really has been down to like focus where I need to focus but focus in my own lane like I'm not focused on anybody else just my own stuff and if that means flitting from one thing to the next because that's how my brain works that's how my brain works but from a focus in like looking outside of my my vicinity it doesn't need to happen right yeah I agree yeah I think and I think you you've got to work with the way that your mind works as well you know if your mind works in a way that's not focused and it and it does flip all over the place then great you you just got to get on with that and just and and 
and work with it you don't ultimately the way your mind works you don't know any way any different but what you can do is you can stop yourself from, from worrying about what other people are doing and looking at what other people are doing and absolutely do look at what your competitors are doing yeah. but don't take that as a I said I'd say like don't take that as a as a bad thing like mm-hmm. if they're doing something you can always do it better or you can look at it and go I'm not going to do that because it doesn't align with me and it doesn't fit with how I I want to run my own business because it's your business ultimately none of us went into business to work for someone else you work for yourself and therefore you make the decisions and you are governed by yourself and no one else and that's such mm-hmm. a great thing um and I don't think you can really replicate that in any other way I know I know I absolutely love that I I think you're spot on I think it's I think a lot of people are easily distracted by the noise on social media and Mm -hmm. as much as it's fascinating I do think it's highly distracting for some people and people use it as an excuse for not doing what they're supposed to be doing it's like stop watching whoever and crack on with what you need to crack on with and then you're going to see the results guaranteed because you're, you're like focusing on what it is that needs to be done. So lastly, before you go, what, in your opinion, makes the biggest impact in a business when it comes to success? Just doing it, just getting on with it and doing it like not fannying about like I'm a big fan of like, don't fanny about, just do it, get it done. Build it. Don't sit and like my favorite thing is when someone says oh well I'm writing a business plan like why are you going for investment no then you don't need a business plan like what's the point you're wasting hours and hours and hours of time are you ever going to look at that business plan absolutely not well it never goes to bloody plan anyway let's be fair I mean it's yes have a strategy but I think yeah. we just we do procrastinate and we go around the houses way too much and I, I couldn't agree with you more just crack on and if it, if yeah. it's not going to plan then look at it revise it and change it and mold it and learn from it and take advice and you know listen to feedback but unless you actually do it you're never going to know and you're going to miss the bar at some point there's you know somebody's going to come in and they're going to do it twice as well as you and exactly. I think that, that's a problem that I see time and time again. I have people that come back. It's like, I've been, you, I, you're showing me your face four years after I first saw your face and you've not increased anything. Like, what have you been doing? Oh, but I was thinking about this and I was doing this. And it's like, <laughs> just go and do it. Like, yeah. I don't want to see you just go and do the do. Like, go and do yeah. something. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So before you go, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, of course. So um, if you want to start a subscription box or it's something you're interested in at all, then I have a free Facebook group. It's called um, So You Want to Start a Subscription Box. So um, you can easily find me on there. Um, On Instagram, I am at the Business Box UK. You can find me on there Um, or just generally on Facebook. I'm Lauren Prentice. Yeah. And for theatre tickets, um, we have a group and it's called sense theater slash theater express perfect thank you so much for your time lauren you've been amazing ladies i know you're going to get so much from this please go and uh, do check out lauren and we'll see you all very very soon take care